welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I am Dave Lockren at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. Joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS, breaking down a six game Wednesday slate. A lot less than yesterday. Sunday, we're going to have 15 games, 11 on the night slate. So let's Glad let's I don't sip. Work Sunday. What's that? Glad I don't work Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's is Sunday the last day of the regular season. Enjoy this one. Yes, it is. Thank so God. it's, it's not, honestly, it's not going to be that bad because it's 11 night games. So it's not out of control, but uh, I have the strategy show that morning. I'm not doing live before lock. I live before lock for, for Sunday is going to suck. I, I'm just at, at this point, like there's already a lot of teams that have already locked up a, a spot or are eliminated or can't move. Like there's going to be, I can't imagine a ton of teams aren't just like sitting their whole starting lineup on Sunday. And then we don't find out till the afternoon. Yeah. Sunday's going to be a disaster. How you feeling, man? A little under the weather allergy related, but other than that, I'm good. All right, good. We'll get through this only six games. Happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the channel as well. What are we at? 75,200 plus good stuff. And of course, if you want to join, hit that join down below. Get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis, the sweet badges. Tony's iced up. We got a bunch of badges already in chat. Love it. Love it. Jordan, there it is. We'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with our premium Discord members. And we'll be doing some fun stuff along the way for, for the YouTube members if, if you want to join us. I think it's like, what, $2.99 a month or something like that. Cancel anytime. You don't want to do it. It doesn't matter. But if you want to, we'd love to have you part of the awesome team here anyway we got uh six games today how'd you do yesterday on that ridiculous 12 gamer uh really poorly um yeah it wasn't a great slate had three entries three tickets into the 3k millie maker on DraftKings. didn't cash any of those so that was frustrating um yeah it just wasn't wasn't a great slate i mean it was one of the like if you i, I went back towards the end of the night and just sorted in the in the millie maker sorted by ownership percentage and like everybody at the top was just like flame emojis like I, I, i'm not gonna win slates like that it just sucked that it happened on that particular one yeah it was nuts and you had dm me i didn't see it till this morning that like it sucks that that Embiid isn't giving Harden any shots like yeah, he I just mean, it dominated was, that game yeah like not that i really not, not that i liked Harden a lot yesterday but um he ended up in one of my three lineups that i played in that and he was like half a percent owned so it was like oh cool i get to play for a million dollars with Harden at half a percent against indiana Hopefully, this is the game where that happens. And then at halftime, Harden had less fantasy points than Embiid, Maxi, and Harris. <laughs> yeah, he shot three for eight. Jokic, another huge game. Regardless of MVP, and they got they actually got beat up pretty bad in, in that one uh, yesterday at home. Regardless of the MVP race, like Jokic wins it. It's been fun watching those guys every night, like on, on the same slate, both of them dropping like, 40 plus points yeah i mean that's what kind of gets lost in it and like i'm guilty of it too because i firmly believe Jokic is the mvp and i'll argue with Embiid people about it but like just the fact that Embiid is as ridiculously good as he is Jokic as good as he is Giannis as good as he is like the fact that you have all three of those guys in the same season doing what they're doing is is insane yeah it's amazing it is Jokic minus 320 to win it now so there's no real argument that he should be the mvp 
the, the what's crazy to me is that like any other season, Embiid could be running away with this. Right. Yeah. Like most seasons, Giannis is running away with it, or Embiid is running away with it, or Jokic is running away with it. And now it's just like all three of them are just doing like crazy stuff. And I mean, like that's not to take away from guys like Doncic and Booker, like that are also fantastic and just not even in the conversation. Well, that, it's funny you say that because I was going to point it out, like to to even further illustrate it, you have Jokic at minus 320 and beat at plus 220, Giannis at plus 600. And then the next closest is Devin Booker at 75 to one plus right. 7,500. Right. Yeah. I, I looked the other day because I said something about Jokic uh, being MVP and like multiple people were replying that it should be Luca. Uh, their argument was that Dallas has a worse supporting cast, which is insane. But um, like multiple people arguing like, oh, it, it should be Luca. And it was like, Luca's not even relevant in this conversation really and it, it's not a knock on on luca it's just how good Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic are no it's not uh yeah a lot of people talking about about the thunder yesterday there was word before that game started that what was it like he was going to play 10 players but we had no idea who those players were going to be it wasn't even that it was so they said that they were going to start Kalitsikis and uh Simpson they didn't say for who. Then they said they were going to dress 10 players, but not play 10 players. Right. They and didn't then say played who it was eight. Be. And no, then they, seven. Yeah. I'll say, I think they played like seven, maybe seven. Like, yeah. They, yeah, like they played. Hold on. Hold on. They play, I'm just looking at this now. So they played seven, but Lindy Waters played four minutes. So Simpson played 44. Kazakis played 43. Jalen Horde played 46. Roby played 44 and Oliver Saar played 39. And they won. And they won. <laughs> they came back from down nine. They were down 19 in the fourth. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They were down 19 in the fourth. Granted, it's the Portland Trailblazers, but still, it's uh, crazy. Man. Someone DM me last night that he had tweeted something about Lindy Waters being too good to be on the floor for tanking, and Lindy Waters' mom liked it. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's incredible i mean that is like you see this a couple times a season sometimes you where you have a seven-man rotation and and they play four guys 43 plus minutes someone else 39 another guy plays four minutes crazy played 22 but what's what's remarkable about this and i i'm honest with you i don't remember the last time i've seen this if ever when you could have dressed or when you could have played 10 players if you wanted to, but decided to play five or five guys for 40 minutes. Right. Exactly. Like just totally bizarre. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. There's nothing you can do to predict something like that. Like no matter what you did, I, I think maybe would the best move have just been to stay away from them or go like, go to just like a Jalen Hoarders. I don't really know what the recourse is when you get news like that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I obviously didn't handle it that well, but it, it, it was rough. Like I didn't with guys like Pokashevsky, I didn't necessarily think he was going to DNP. I thought it was possible, but I certainly didn't think he was going to play enough for me to want to play him in DFS. Same for guys like Maladon and, and Wiggins. Um, I expected, you know, a lot of minutes for the guys that were starting. We had seen previously when Horde first came up, uh, from the G League. He played like 40 minutes in that game too. Um, so I, I expected it to go the direction that it went, but I didn't necessarily think they were going to go like all the way. As yeah, hard as right. right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we got six games to talk about. 
Glad you guys could join us this morning. And then we got a lot coming up throughout the day. I mean, you got the deeper dive with Adam and Alex. You have Live Before Lock with Greg and Gundacker. And then PGA Live Before Lock for the Masters. Ben Rossa, Jason Ruslan, and Alex Baker, Awesome himself, joining them on that stream. So that should be fun. Three-man booth for Live Before Lock for the Masters. Come on. Anyway, let's dive into this one. You got Dallas, you got Detroit. So we'll go game by game as we always do. Dallas laying eight and a half against the Pistons. I, I think there's this is actually a pretty fun slate right now with, with what we know. And we know a decent amount. Dallas isn't like the most popular team, but you're still talking about a slate where you have Luca, and then you have a, a slight drop off to just Durant. And the only reason I say that is because he has an Irving on his team. They're playing the second of a back-to-back -back today and Trey Young playing a second of a back-to-back. -back. Seven of 12 teams are on back-to-backs today. Let's kick it off with Luca at the top. Also, no games that really matter. Um, I mean, like Boston, Chicago, sort of. Phoenix, Clippers, sort of. And then every yeah. other game, it's like one team that is in the playoff race and one that isn't. Well, Phoenix and the Clippers doesn't matter at all. Are they're, they're both just locked in. So Clippers are in the eighth spot, four games ahead of the Pels for nine. And yeah, they're, they're, they're eight games out oh, of the yeah, nut. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they have they no were... shot. Um, yeah, so, so I, I was wondering this morning and as, as I was putting the, the run sheet together, like, do you just see, do you just see teams sit players today for that last, that, that 10 PM game? Wouldn't be surprising at all. Um, no. And, and it's the only 10 p.m. game. You know what the most interesting scenario is to me? I know we've talked about this, and I know we agree, like, you can't, you can't quantify anything here. But the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers are all 49 and 30 in the East, second through four seed. It, is there any strategic play here where like, teams just don't really care to get that two seed? Or I, I know, again, we can't quantify it, but it is very interesting. All four of them deadlocked at 49 and 30. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I don't really know for sure what the uh, what what teams you know goals or intentions are as far as seeding goes. I think the one get well, the, there are two spots that matter because the Nets and Hawks are both forty one and thirty eight, and the Nets are in the eight spot and the Hawks are in the nine spot in the East. Yeah, but they're not playing each other. No, but I'm saying it's still two teams that have something to play for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just meant there weren't any games that. Uh, outside of the Boston Chicago game where both teams are have implications. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, All right. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as, as far as Dallas goes, it's kind of what it's been for a while. Luca obviously looks fantastic. Um, you don't have Jokic on this slate. You don't have Giannis on this slate. So just a little bit easier to get to Luca than it normally is. No Embiid either. Um, good matchup. All of that Brunson at 6,100, I think looks reasonable as well. Uh, should give you 32 minutes or so maybe a little bit more, um, you know, 0.9 fantasy points per minute on average. So I think those two look the best. And then if you get to a little bit of Finney Smith or Powell, uh, I think that's, I think that's fine. But Luca and Brunson, clearly the priorities for me. By the way, I don't really think the Chicago Boston game has any implications either. I mean, it does just for Boston seating, really. Right. But you were saying both teams, like if both teams have a, I mean, the, the the Bulls are only a game behind Toronto. Yeah, I just figure like five six isn't a big right. Deal. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not there's no games today where it's like you know two teams competing for you know the ten seed or something. Exactly. Like the Bulls, 
here's the thing with the Bulls. They've already clinched an actual playoff spot. Like the worst right. they can get is the six seed. Yeah. Because the Cavs lost to Orlando last night, which is absurd. Orlando missing Cole Anthony too. And Wendell Carter. And Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. Anyway, Detroit to me is a lot more interesting today because you have first of all, you have a guy in, in Carson Edwards who played 30 plus minutes off the bench last game. Corey Joseph is out, Marvin Bagley remains out, and Kelly Olinick is out. But Rodney Magruder's also out of this one. And he's been play, he played like 27 minutes off the bench last game as well. So that's what makes this kind of interesting, right? Like Frank Jackson played huge minutes in the starting lineup last game. Uh, you still have Cunningham and, and Bay, but those prices have gotten, you know, have crept up considerably. And it's not a good matchup against Dallas. I understand that. But this to me feels like another one of those spots where Dwayne Casey, another one of those spots in terms of like, what do you do with the rotation? that Dwayne Casey might just do some wacky shit with some young players in a meaningless game. It certainly feels that way. Yeah, and I mean, you're getting Cunningham back. He didn't play last game. But at 8,800, not only do you have the difficult matchup with Dallas, but like you were saying, you have the question of like how many minutes does Cunningham even play? Like if he's out there playing well and like this is a game, does he just not play the second half? You know, like um, there's legitimate risks in in how many minutes he's going to get. If you just call it like, 30 instead of you know the 36 that we were seeing a couple of weeks ago he's pretty clearly overpriced same can be said for Sadiq Bay uh you know same kind of questions there last game Sadiq Sadiq Bay played 23 minutes he didn't step on the floor in the fourth quarter he had 31 points too yeah like he played really well he had 45 and a half DraftKings points in 23 minutes like yeah there's obviously a ceiling if you can realistically think he's going to play 34 minutes but you can't it it was a game decided by four points and he didn't step on the floor after the six minute and 28 second mark of the third quarter. Like I have a really hard time getting to the actual NBA players on, on Detroit. I'm more interested in looking to, you know, $4,300 Braxton key, $4,800 Isaiah livers, um, you know, maybe a little bit of $4,900 Stewart just, but even him like 21 and a half minutes last game uh, down the, the closing lineup in that game was Isaiah livers, Frank Jackson, Roddy Magruder, who's out, Carson Edwards and Braxton Key. I mean, I just have no confidence that you're getting a lot of minutes from any of the guys that have been starting for Detroit this season. I agree. And it's really tough to project these minutes. Like, how much do you give to Carson Edwards today? You know, mid 20, like, I think mid 20s to Edwards and Jackson is reasonable. You know, 28 or something to Hayes is reasonable. But also, you could just be, you know, you you could be overestimating Hayes by six minutes and short on six minutes on Edwards or, or, uh Jackson I mean it's it's really yeah. difficult I think and I think the problem with with this too and is a huge problem is even if you get the starting lineup it doesn't really mean anything I, I think about what I'm saying like if you get the starting lineup it doesn't matter if Bay's in there if if, if he only plays six minutes in the third quarter or you know it does it doesn't matter if who's in there if 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 Dwayne Casey just decides to to run the bench heavy, like the starting lineup is so much less important than it would be in a in, in a in a, a game that wasn't on April sixth, right? And and it's not like last game is the first time we've seen that. You know, if, if it was, you could maybe chalk it up to like, oh, you know, he liked the way those guys were playing well, you know, playing together, or whatever. Like we've seen, you know, Tyron Lue do multiple times with the Clippers uh, on occasion, but like we've already seen the game where Detroit just at halftime is just like, yeah, no, we're done. You know, it's it's not the first time we've seen Detroit do something like that. 
I want to say anything else for Detroit, but I think the only way we can do it is the way we just did. There's no real point in like trying to speculate at, at this rate. It's just kind of, Hey, these guys could be viable, but you have to embrace the volatility, really just embrace the unknown. Yeah, really. I think the, the, I guess, strategy wise, it's, I, I lean towards guys that are young and that the Pistons a are young and that probably won't accidentally win the game and B. <laughs> Uh, that the Pistons, you know, would like to see play more and and develop. Um, and then also ownership plays a role. Like right now, the only right right now, Carson Edwards leads the way at 18% on DraftKings. Key is second, Stewart's third, Livers is fourth, Jackson's fifth. Nobody beyond that's getting more than one percent. To me, that that makes sense. Um, you know, those are the cheapest there are a lot of the cheapest guys you can get to. There are guys that, at least in the case of Edwards, Key, Livers, and Jackson are relatively likely to be in the closing lineup. Let's talk about Brooklyn and the Knicks. Here, here's another fun one, specifically on the Knicks side, which we'll get to with Julius Randle likely done for the year. Uh, but we'll start it off with Brooklyn. They're six-point favorites on the road, 229.5 total. I, I guess the, the biggest thing here is what do you do with KI and what do you do with KD, Irving and Durant here? Low, low ownership today against the Knicks second of a back-to-back but that's why i was saying earlier like you're right in in that there's no marquee games today there's no games where it's like hey this could decide whether or not they get in or or whether or not they're a seven or eight seed but the nets legitimately need to win this game after dropping two straight and then winning last night so i don't think the second of a back-to-back means a damn thing right now no i don't either and they had asked nash last they asked nash last night if he was going to try and take it easy on they're th- those guys knowing that they're playing the Knicks today. And he said, no, like we need to win this game. And then what we'll a worry stupid about question. Yeah. He's like, no, we're going to win a- this game. And then we need to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Dude, they're um, six point favorites. Right. And I mean, yeah, yeah. And yesterday they were like 15 point favorites or something, but 17, seven and a half. Yeah. And the game still was relatively competitive, but yeah. I yeah mean, because Jalen green and Kevin Porter jr. Dropping 30 plus real points every night, dude. Yeah. It's and because Kevin Durant was horrible. But um, it was, but I'm a big Jalen Green fan, man. I think this guy can really turn things around. Sharpshooter, what? He's really turned things around as the year's going on. He's he, yeah, he's a he's a rookie, man. Like, what do you expect? This rookie not, class is insane. It's so good, and I'm yeah. not saying like what do you expect, but it's it's so infuriating when you get a guy and you're like, man, ah, oh, what a bust. We saw it with, with Anthony Edwards, like, oh, what uh, Jalen Green. First of all. He's on a team that has actively been trying to lose all year. Like they, they've never been good. There, there's nothing good on that team. Kevin Porter didn't figure out how to be a play a legitimate playmaker until like two weeks ago. It's just, I don't know. It, it's crazy to think that that one half, like a quarter of a season now defines a player in so many people's eyes. But I think Twitter is just such a hyperbolic place, right? That like that stuff doesn't actually reflect reality. Well, that and then this particular class, like you had Mobley just come out of the gate amazing. Yeah. Um, Barnes has been great all year long. Cunningham has been very good. So, you know, like, I, I agree with you that, you know, just social media and having to have takes on everything is one thing. But like Jalen Green just had like a normal rookie progression and he looked like he sucked because you're comparing him to the other rookies who all were just like freakishly good. Yeah, for sure. Let's not forget how bad Cade was through the first month, though, when everyone right. was talking about him. Yeah, yeah, when he was like 6K and people were like, oh, you can't play Cade Cunningham at 6K. Yeah, you, you, man, that, that guy, you, that guy, you fired up. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll play a guy that's shooting 20 times a game. It's, I, I'm okay with that. 
Remember, yeah. he shot like one for 17 in one of those. He saw like something terrible. And then everyone was just, all right, I'm off Cade. Uh, and then he turned it up. Jalen yeah. Suggs, on the other hand, still has not come around for me. No. No, but. that that for this year, I think you may have to to hang those hang it up on, on <laughs> Yeah, Jaylen hopefully Suggs. they keep giving him minutes limits, so I don't have to go back there. What a but, fun uh, rookie class. Yeah, exactly. What a fun rookie class, though. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as Brooklyn goes here, like I still like getting to Durant. I like getting to Irving. You don't have as much opportunity cost on this slate as you did yesterday since you don't have the three MVP favorites all playing. Um, and like you were saying, I mean, you can still expect huge minutes from these guys. If this game goes down to the wire, you're probably getting 38 to 40, if not more, from Durant and Kyrie at 6% ownership for Kyrie, 5% for Durant. You know, I, I think that the one of the questions will be, you know, how much value do you get? How much cheap value that makes, you, you know, that that allows you to get to the, to these guys, but I really like them at low ownership, given that this is a slate where you have not only do you not have a lot of payup options, but you also have a lot of teams that don't have anything to play for. So like being able to point to a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving and say, these guys are playing 38 to 40 with confidence is really appealing to me. I feel the same way, by the way, we didn't even mention, we didn't even mention Giddy. Oh yeah. I totally forgot about him. I mean, Giddy before the injury was outstanding on another terrible team. So, yeah, crazy rookie class, man. And What's my the boy difference Shane... right now in ownership between – so Luca's at 20 – Luca's at 21% on DraftKings. I, I think he is the best payup option, but I don't think he should be getting like four times the ownership of Kyrie or Durant. I don't either. Not to mention that Kyrie Irving's price tag has actually been been coming down. Yeah. Like he's 10K today. He's a 2K discount from Luca. It's not apples to apples, obviously, but but Irving is is really affordable on this slate. So yeah, it, it's one of those situations where like Luca's obviously going to project a lot better because he's not playing with Kevin Durant. He's not playing with Kyrie Irving. And those two obviously do cut into each other's rates on average, but they're still so good that you can just get a game where one of them takes over. Um, I mean, Durant has kind of been alternating games. Uh the two where I didn't play where I did play him recently, he was awful. And then the two where I didn't, he scored 70 plus points. <laughs> but like it, it gives you an idea of where the ceiling is. You know, he's still gone for 70 plus in two of his last four. Um, he, yeah, he's not gonna like get 60 as frequently as Luca, but the ceiling is still just as high. Same goes for Kyrie. Yeah. Do you have any like tepid interest in Claxton or Brown again today? Yeah, a little bit. Um Claxton at 3,800, I think is a pretty decent value option especially if other stuff doesn't open up likely to give you 20 to 22 minutes um brown at 5300 i think is still reasonably priced as well and then you know in tournaments if you do want to roll the dice on some andre drummond at 6100 that's that's fine you know the minutes are kind of all over the place like he he did close yesterday which was good to see um the fact he only played 20 minutes actually isn't that concerning because he picked up his fourth foul tw uh, 19 seconds into the third quarter and went right back to the bench um Aldridge being in the rotation yesterday was not expected. So that was interesting. Um, I don't really know what to, to make of that. But I think that in general, just, you know, $6,100 Drummond, you know that the playing time ranges from like 20 to 28 minutes. So um, really risky option, but certainly a ceiling. Uh, I really am, even at, at some elevated price points, very interested in, in some New York Knicks today. You have no Julius Randle again, likely done for the season. Uh, Grimes is questionable, but that's that's not a big deal. I, Toppin is playing well. 
I've been seeing, I was reading some stuff on like controversy in New York now that, you know, Tibbs should have been playing him and, and quickly more. There's just a lot of places to go though, whether it's Barrett or Burks, but quickly to me is just super interesting because he it's hard to project him for more than like 26, 27 minutes, but he's played 30 and 34 the last two games, closed both of them out. One was a blowout win. One was a blowout loss. You and I were talking about it before the show. And I was just looking like, what are, what do his potential assists look like in these games? What, what does everything else look like? You know, over the last month <clears throat> before these last two games, he was averaging 59 touches per game, 85 over the last two games, just like an average second per touch, which sounds you know like nothing, but it's important when you just consider that I started digging a little bit deeper. He's handling way more of a playmaking role over these last two games. How much of this is by design? I don't know, but if it is by design and quickly is your, you know, de facto point guard, because Alec Burks is not a point guard, even if you're starting as one, you start getting even close to 30 minutes off the bench for quickly. You start seeing a really high ceiling really fast. Like we did last game. Yeah. And he's played 746 total minutes this year without Randall Kemba or Rose on the floor. He has a 25 and a half percent usage rate, but he also has a 30.8% assist percentage. And he's 1. averaged 1.1 1. 1. 1 DraftKings. Sorry, Which, I said 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Yeah, yeah. Like he's been very, very good. Uh, the question, like you were saying, is the playing time and the salary has come up to $6,100, but he's 12% owned. You know, that's not crazy high. I think that, like you were saying, the the median projection for quickly is somewhere between 26 and 28 minutes. But there's a lot of volatility there where, you know, he can get to 30, 32 minutes uh, if he's playing well. So I do think as long as the ownership doesn't get out of hand, he's pretty appealing in tournaments. Toppin still looks good at 5,600. Uh, you can expect him to, to play a lot of minutes. He's around the fantasy point per minute guy. Um, Barrett at 8K, I think still looks really good without Randall. Uh, he's played 512 minutes without those three on the floor. 1.12 DraftKings points per minute. Burks is at 1.06. All of those guys look pretty good. And then, you know, in tournaments, the one guy here not really getting ownership uh, from the Knicks is Mitchell Robinson who is $6,100 getting 6% ownership. He's another, he, he's really similar to Drummond for me where you never really know exactly how many minutes you're going to get, but he has enough, you know, 30 plus minute games in his, in his range that there is a high ceiling here, even at a relatively expensive price tag. Absolutely. It, it's a, it's a good team to target the t tonight for sure. From Toppin to, to Barrett, all of these guys, the only, the only one like Fournier's 4,600. He's, You've been saying this forever with him. It's just super volatile. Some days he'll play a lot of minutes, and then other days you'll just see Tibbs decide that he doesn't want to give him that run like like last time out. But yeah, uh, I mean, even go ahead. No, sorry. E e even in the minutes, so he's played 253 minutes without Randall, Kemba, or Rose. Even over that sample, 19.5% usage, 0.71 DraftKings points per minute, 14% assist percentage. So like nothing special there. But he is only $4,600, and if yep. he plays well, he can get a bunch of minutes. So, you know, that's always still somewhat appealing, too. One other thing to keep an eye on with the Knicks, because, you know, I think all, to, at least to some extent, all of Barrett, Burks, Toppin, Quickly, Robinson, Fournier are appealing tonight. Um, but one other thing to keep an eye on is that they do have Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride both questionable. If those guys are both out, it just shores up the minutes for these guys. Uh, not that you expect crazy minutes from either of them, but 16 minutes last game for Grimes, 11 and a half for McBride. All you really have behind them uh, to, to soak up more minutes is Archer Diakono. So it would just make me even more confident in the playing time for these guys. No house advantage, baby. If you haven't checked it out yet, 
Well, there's many ways to do it, but first let me tell you what it is. I know a lot of you guys have already signed up there, but for those of you that are new to the show, first off, welcome. Second of all, listen up. No House Advantage, bring an entirely different way to play DFS with player prop contests. Now, it's, it's not like a lot of these other ones. You're actually building lineups. There's no salary cap. You're just taking the over or the under. There's no juice on either side of these. Just the over or the under, building a lineup with those props. The ones you like the most go at the top. They get the most points. The ones you're least confident in go at the bottom. They get the fewest points. You're building your lineup out that way. It's peer-to-peer, just like any of these other DFS sites, except it's player props without a salary cap. And you can use all of the free tools that we have at Awesomeo to help you get an advantage, help you find that edge. We have the No House Advantage projections, the optimal lineup tool. You have Odd Shopper. You have the player projection tools that you can compare against everything over there on Odd Shopper or uh, on No House Advantage. But honestly, with the No House proje- uh, Advantage projections tool, we just do it right there all on one page for you. It's super simple. It's free 365 days of the year. And if you sign up and deposit for the first time, every single new user gets a $25 deposit bonus when they do that at No House Advantage. You can go to nohouseadvantage.com. You can go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, wherever it is you want, and download it. Get that $25 deposit bonus with the promo code AWESOMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. And last thing to keep in mind, the props there are static. They don't change, meaning that if you actually are paying attention throughout the day, there are going to be some really good spots to hit especially, especially late in the season like this, where a lot can go overlooked, but there's a lot of movement every day in the league. So check it out, nohouseadvantage.com, or download the app, use the promo code AWESOMO, and get started. All right, let's talk about the uh, next game we've got going here, Boston and Chicago. So like we said, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers are all 49 and 30 in the East. They all got three games to go. Uh, and Steven pointed out in chat that next game, the Bucks play the Celtics. So that should be interesting. They're six and a half point favorites, though, against Chicago playing their, Chicago playing their second of a back to back today. How do we want to approach Boston and Tatum, Brown, Horford? They're all probable. Yeah, I think that they're kind of just correctly priced across the board. So we're back to the point with Boston where we've been for a lot of the season where, um, Obviously, like you're not you're you're not wrong if you play Jason Tatum. You're not wrong if you play Jalen Brown. But it's just a situation where all of these guys are pretty much correctly priced. So I think on a six game slate, just based on how talented they are and how much upside they give you, I'll still get to a decent amount of of you know pretty much all the main pieces here: Tatum, Brown, Horford, Smart. Um, but it's really difficult to single out one and say like, oh, this is the guy that, that is really underpriced, or this is the guy that like my night's going to revolve around. And that's kind of it, it's reflected in the ownership as well. Um, fifty nine hundred dollars Smart on DraftKings leads the way at twenty percent. Tatum's at fifteen. Brown's at thirteen. Six apiece on Tice and Horford. Uh, to me, all of that makes sense. Uh, the optimal percentage is is not too far off of those numbers either uh, for each guy. So I think it's just a team where you're going to get a good amount of Boston in the aggregate. It's just not going to all be you know revolving around one player. I just saw people make, uh, having a conversation about six man of the year award, uh, asking if Emmanuel quickly could win. No, no, no chance. Not even in the conversation. But yeah. I, I think he'll probably be a starter next year anyway, so it won't matter. But probably, I think so. I think. I mean, they could just keep him in like the Jordan Clarkson role. They could, but I yeah. The problem is like who's starting then at at point guard unless they bring someone. They'll go get some washed up, overpaid guy like a Rose or a Kemba. It's it's silly. Anyway, who do you think? Do you know who's winning it? No, I was actually when I saw them. I had to think about about it. What? 
I had to think about it because I was like, wait, I can't think of any good six men this I mean, year. And is hero. Yeah. So, but that that's who I was forgetting. He's minus twenty thousand to win it. Oh wow. Yeah, I was trying to find I was trying to find the odds on DK and I couldn't. But that, they're not. I, mean, I had to I had to Google it. Next, oh, okay. if you guess the next closest, I will. I will Grubhub any food of your choice to your house today. It's for sixth man. Um, Don't cheat because uh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm I'm trying to think. Well, first I'm trying to think how many games Jordan Poole has started. I don't think he he probably doesn't count. Um, I'm guessing it's not Clarkson based on you being blown away. Uh, um, or, or we're just playing mind games here. Yeah, or just making a ridiculous bet for no reason and messing with me um oh man i mean i'll, I'll say clarkson because i can't think of anybody else yeah nope he's close malik monk kelly Oubre. yeah at 66 at plus 6600 actually he's tied with kevin love so nice job jordan Clarkson's plus 12,500, 125 to one. But isn't that crazy how, it, I mean, obviously it's late in the season, so the odds just separate more because there's no real time to prove yourself. But uh, you think about it, the sixth man this year has been dog shit for the most part. So the second, the guy with the second best odds to win sixth man has been rele relegated to like 18 minutes a game because That's he can't what I'm out saying. Cody Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And and for a period, so is Kevin Love, right? So, yeah, Ke Kevin Love hasn't been able to play to average more than like twenty two minutes per game without Mobley or Allen. I know Montrez Harrell's third. He well, he was, he was at least crushing it with Washington. Yeah, yeah, he was. But that's crazy, man. Like it's not even close. How far down is Clarkson? Has he been that bad this year? I don't know, not bad. It's he, it's, it's Hero and then Ubre and Love tied at, at plus again again these odds this late in the season are what they are. And I think I pulled these, this art or this was from, cause like you said, it's not listed on DK. I'm not going to every book. This is from yesterday, actually. Uh, so hero, then Ubre love tied, then Harold at a uh, hundred to one. And then, and then Clarkson at one twenty five to one. Yeah. David Porter said, what about pool? Um, he's been starting a lot. Yeah, Poole's been starting a ton. Yeah, so that, Poole, that, that, Poole has started 48 games this year. He's come off the bench in, like, 25. Yeah, that's not a six-man. Although Buddy Heald's plus – or he's 125 to one, too. But – Oh, because he was the six-man with the Kings? Yeah, whatever. But I, I just – that's crazy, man. Like, Kelly Oubre? Yeah, Avdia should be ahead of Oubre. I agree with Michael Roundtree. Yeah, why not? Anyway, what else did you want to hit on from, from Boston? Then we can move to Chicago. Um, no, nothing else, really. I mean, there, there's just nothing that stands out, but it, it's a team that I think you just kind of get to a good amount in the aggregate. Okay. The boy from Cali said, Vassell, Vassell's been starting a lot, too. Vassell started a, a lot of games, right? V Vassell's basically been starting since White left. Yeah, so he's probably started 35 games. More or less. Hey, hit that thumbs up. We're 10 away from 100. Much appreciated here this morning. Let's talk about. He started the, the 30 goal. games and he's come off the bench in 39. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So Chicago's got 
Zach Levine probable. This was this was one of those instances where he was already ruled probable uh, yesterday, right before he was even ruled out. It was like he's not going to play, but he's expected to play on Wednesday, just given that it's a, a back-to-back set. So what does that do for Chicago now that we expect the quote-unquote big three to be there? So it, it obviously – Knox, Dasunmu, Caruso, White, Williams, all down a peg. Like, they're still cheap enough on a six-game slate that you can use them for value uh, here and there, especially if, if other stuff doesn't open up. But none of them are going to stand out. Um, Levine himself at 7,600 is is fine. But I think Vooch at 7,800 looks a little bit better than Levine. Just a, a little bit better point-per-minute guy. On average, plays a couple minutes less. Um, but I think, you know, a little bit more underpriced than Levine is. The Rosen's price tag came down a little bit as well. Obviously had a big game last night. Um, rates come down, as you would expect, with Levine playing. But you can still expect 37, 38 minutes from the Rosen. So I still think he's a pretty solid mid-range option. I would say he's comparable to, to Jalen Brown. Method Man Johnson says, Ubre started off so well, then fell off a cliff. He did start the season really well. You're right. He, he did. Like, he's still averaging 15 and 4 on the season. It's not like, you know, his, his numbers are awful. But he started – I remember Ubre started off – Really well, but was that as a, wasn't he starting a lot of games early on? He started 13 games, and I thought the large majority of them were early in the season. I don't remember. I, I kind of always just as a Wizards fan, I kind of always write off Ubre because like I really liked him when he was on Washington. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He can make plays and score off the bench. Um, and then you just kind of watch some of the stupid stuff that he does, like as far as defensively or um, making poor plays offensively. Uh, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, he's doing flashy stuff, but he's also not doing a whole lot to help you right. win at all. Which is, you know, no wonder why he's not starting and playing 35 minutes a game anymore. Right. All right. Anything else for this game? You want to keep it going? Um, no, I think that's that's it for this one. Let's go to Washington and Atlanta. Uh, one thing I should point out, too, we got free tools today. I'm assuming you guys want to take a look at the PGA golfer projections with the Masters coming up if you're not premium subs. NHL player projections, player rankings, all of that. Now, I believe we're still doing – are we still doing the, the half off, Jordan, for the MVP program? Okay. So I, I was going to do the, the – the I was going to talk about the other promos or the other uh, packages that we have, like the, the weekly, monthly, all sport, whatever, at, at one sport – but with the Awesome MVP program, you we, we talked about getting exclusive discounts here. If you text MVP to the number Jordan's putting on the screen or the one in the description or the one in chat, I'm not reading off the whole number, but it's very simple. Just you know, look at the number, type it in, and then type MVP. If you use that, type MVP to that number uh, and join our Awesome MVP text program, you get exclusive Awesome discounts. One of them is a weekly pass, Awesome Plus weekly discount. It's half off, half off, immediately off the top, 50% off Awesome Plus Platinum Weekly. That's every single thing that we have on the site, half off. And you've got MLB starting tomorrow. You have uh, the Masters tomorrow. You've got NBA. You've got PGA, eSports, UFC, NASCAR, all of that. All of the tools that we have for every sport right there, 50% off. Text MVP, you'll, uh, you'll be able to take advantage of that. Also, you'll get the first crack at beta testing, which is huge. 
I, I know that's always exciting to be able to beta test, be the first in the door to check out new tools. I know one tool we have coming up is ex super exciting uh, and everyone will be entered to win a free year of Awesome O Plus Platinum. So yeah, take that two seconds out of your day, text MVP to that number. Uh, we're not going to spam you, by the way. I made sure of that. I was like, I'm not doing this if this is uh, a spam thing. I can't do it. I hate it. I, I hate when I get spammed with text and I was assured. No, none of that. None of that. Just actual stuff that can benefit everyone who does it. So text that uh, text MVP to that number and get in on that stuff. All right. Let's talk about uh, Washington and ATL. Washington against the Hawks. The Wizards are just one of these teams. We say this, honestly, I'm gonna we say the same thing every day about them at this point. Yeah, uh, keep an eye out for news here. Um, it is a back-to-back. -back. Porzingis has been playing back-to-backs, but as I've said a few times recently, I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down at some point before the season ends. Granted, we're basically at the end of the season, so maybe they're not going to. But um, if Porzingis is in, 8,400 looks good. Like, you're expecting 29, 30 minutes. He averages around 1.4 DraftKings points per minute. Pretty solid price tag there. If he's out, then obviously you're opening up more minutes for guys like Daniel Gafford and Thomas Bryant. You're opening up more usage for other guys, but um, you know we'll, we'll have more information on that later. Um, so assuming he's in, he looks good. And then you get to the rest of these guys where they all look fine. Um, really, like KCP, Rui, Ish, Avdia, Kispert, like they're, they're all just kind of average plays. Um, Ish Smith's playing time has been ramping up a bit. He's been over a fantasy point per minute guy with Washington, but he is also up to 4,800 now. So there is some risk there, although uh, still a ceiling as well. Rui's price tag jumped a bit. You can expect around 28, 29 minutes from him. Uh, Denny Avdia has been playing around 28 minutes off the bench and playing well, but he's up to 5,400. So uh, it's really difficult to point to any one guy other than Porzingis that really stands out from Washington right now. But on a six-game slate, I think it's another team where I just kind of end up with a little bit here and there of guys like, you know, Ish, Avdia, Rui. Um, from a rules standpoint, I wouldn't play Sadoransky with Ish. I wouldn't play Gafford with Porzingis. They did play alongside each other a little bit yesterday, but that hasn't really been something that they do all that at all um, outside of yesterday. So I wouldn't play them together. And then I don't know why you would have more than two Washington guys anyway, but I wouldn't play more than two of the KCP, Rui, Danny, Kispert group. All right. So the Wizards are 10 and a half point dogs. They're also on the second of a back-to-back -back, along with Atlanta. So no real injury news to speak of here. That's why we've got live before lock. That's why we have the deeper dive and all of that good stuff to keep you updated. That's why we have our boy news God that'll throw everything into the discord chat. But when it comes to Atlanta, just given what we have right now, uh, are you heavily targeting anyone here? Or are these also kind of secondary options that become a little bit more appealing because it's only a six game slate? Yeah, I, I think that's the case, but it is a good matchup. Like I think that, Trey Young at 10-5 looks very good here. I think Capella at 6,300 looks very good. Um, behind him, you have a Kongwu at 3,900. Certainly can use him in some tournament lineups as well. You know, hope that Capella gets in foul trouble, the game blows out, a Kongwu just plays well. Uh, any of those things can happen and allow a Kongwu to pay off that price tag. So um, I like those guys in particular. Then you get, you know, Bogdanovich, Herter, Hunter, all looking pretty neutral. Um, if Bogdanovich were to sit, it benefits Young, it... it secures minutes for guys like Herter and Hunter. Um, but assuming he plays at 5,500, that's actually a, a pretty appealing price tag for what's likely to be 28 to 30 minutes. If we were to round up this game, who are your favorite plays from, from this game as a whole? Trey Young, Clint Capella, Christoph Porzingis. Okay. So the higher priced guys. Clint Capella mid-range, but 
Yeah. For the most you can throw part, Bog- I- you can throw Bogdan in there too, I guess. Like if I'm only playing one of like the five the you know secondary hawks or wizards, Bogdan would be the first one that I play. Okay. OKC. Wings would have been the word I should use there. Yeah. What word did you use? Secondary. Well, because I was thinking like in terms of like not Trey Young, not Christoph Porzingis, and not Clint Capella, but like really it's just all the wings that these teams Pretty have. much, yeah. All right. The Thunder, 16 and a half point dogs, 222 total against Utah. This becomes even more insane now because it's like, on the second of a back-to-back, do you see the same rotation where these guys play 40 minutes? I can't imagine that happens, but I truly have zero. I, I have zero idea what's going to happen tonight. Here, my guess is that it goes back to their normal lineup and their normal rotation. My theory is that they were confident they would beat Portland with Maladon and Pokashevsky and those guys. Um, I doubt that they are particularly concerned about beating Utah in Utah, no matter what they do. So, so you think they actively wanted to lose that game? Yeah. That are, are, are so inept that they found a way to still win it with a 19 point comeback in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like that, that game, I think just kind of showcased um, it's one of the things that it's always funny to me. Like there's one, um, there's one Washington reporter that always harps on it and it annoys the hell out of me um, because he'll be like, this is why like people that say the wizards should tank are wrong. Like these guys still have, like they want to go out there and play hard. It's like tanking doesn't mean the players don't try. It means the coaches put them in positions where they're more likely to lose. And that's kind of what happened last night. Like you're not asking these guys that are like on the fringe of the NBA to go out there and suck. You're, you know, they're going to go out there and play, but you're just refusing to play the guys that are better than them. Of course. Um, and, and, you know, when you're you're still going to win some games like that, especially when you're playing a team like Portland. But I think that my, my assumption is that – because, like, they're not going to want I, – I doubt that they just want Pokashevsky not to play anymore this year or Teo Maladon not to play anymore. Like, they still have incentives for those guys to, to play and develop. So it would make sense to me that they're like, okay, we're 17-point dogs at Utah. Like, we can go ahead and, and play these guys that are a little bit better than the guys we played yesterday. I'm with you. Well, if that's the case, though, does that give you any confidence in confidence is, is a bad word? Like The answer is no. <laughs> I, I, exactly. <laughs> are there any guys that regardless of what happens are still going to get the minutes? Like Horde probably should, but he's 5K now. Right. Here's the issue. They're not that shorthanded. So. No. When you look at like Xavier Simpson, if you tell me Xavier Simpson's playing like 22 to 24 minutes, he's still certainly playable at 3K. Um, same for Kalitzikis, but you could conceivably just get them not playing. Like Lindy Waters plays ahead of them. Krejci plays, you know, his normal 34 to 36 minutes. Aaron Wiggins plays 30 minutes. And, and you're just back to what you were doing two games ago where they weren't even on the team. So if they're not in the starting lineup, there's no guarantee they even play. Um, they could just play a 10 man rotation or something. And those guys, you know, do get 20 minutes or something like that. But I don't have any confidence in anybody not starting in terms of their playing time. I don't have a lot of confidence in anyone doing anything here, given it's a tough matchup. I, I think that if like, if you were to get Simpson or Kalitzikis starting again at three K, they're going to be good values because then you can feel relatively confident in their minutes. Same goes for Jalen Horde. If Pogoshevsky starts, I assume he's playing around 32 minutes. 6,700 against Utah still is kind of just going to be a secondary option. Same goes for Teo at 7,100. 
the starting lineup's going to really matter to me here. We're not going to have it before Locker. At least I'd be really surprised if we do. I'm going to project it basically more in line with what OKC was doing two games ago than what they did last game. I'm with you. I, I It seems illogical to do what you did last night again, but it also seems illogical to do what you did last night. But no, I, see, I think last night was very logical. I, what I'm what I'm saying though is the fact that you played five six guys essentially forty plus minutes despite having all the bodies. Like I, I guess it's fine. It just seems unnecessary. Like you still want you you could have gotten the same result by just like playing ten guys and and not giving all, everybody else forty five minutes, but maybe thirty five minutes. Yeah, but like those know. runs that you go on when you have Teo and Pokashevsky playing are like if you're trying to lose, they're a problem. Yeah. It was a problem anyway. Right, but, right. But I mean I Lindy Waters I, Lindy Waters scored eight points in four minutes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled his ass right yeah. off. <laughs> you're right. I guess it makes sense. It's just it's nuts though. It's like these these coaches are taking tanking to another level. And the the, the tanking incentive isn't even what it used to be. Right. Yeah, imagine if it was. Um, but yeah, so I. long story short, I have no idea. I have my thoughts on, on what we're going to see. And, and one other thing kind of to back that up is, like, if you look at Jalen Horde, um, when he first came, when he, he debuted, he did the thing where he came up, he played, like, 40 minutes or something crazy in his first game. He had 40 minutes against Detroit on April 1st. Uh, then he played 24 all, uh, against Phoenix, and then he got the 46-minute game um, against Portland. But I think that there's a good chance that you see like the starters just come back and you get like a semi-normal rotation here. So Jordan, you know what I was thinking? Why? Okay. So you're from the, your family's from the Philippines. You're your mom, right? Yeah. Okay. And Philippines is spelled with a PH. It's true. Why is Filipino spelled with an F? I have no, I have no clue to be honest. I, I don't make up, I don't, I don't make up the spelling on all of these things. But uh, it's a good question, though. It is a good question. I have no clue. Like though. I, like a Philadelphian is not, is a Philadelphia with a, with Philadelphia and with a PH. Right. I have no these clue. These are the questions that need to be answered. I'm gonna look into that actually. I'll look into that and see what the what the deal is. I think that'd be a good idea. I do. I just saw you type it in the chat right there. And I thought to myself, huh, never really considered that before. Anyway, Adam, I'm assuming you don't know the answer to that, but you do know the answer to what we should be doing with Utah today, starting with Jordan Clarkson. Um, probably playing them. What, why are we starting with Jordan Clarkson? Just because right now he's getting higher ownership than anybody else on the team. Oh, so we're going to do that Markel Fultz thing again, where I'm like, that's weird. And then he... Like yeah, starts. pretty pretty much. <laughs> um, so, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, they do need to win this game, but it is a second of a back-to-back. So, yeah, I mean, they they should win this game. We've already seen OKC beat Denver in Denver, though, and I think they beat Phoenix the other day too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that 
as a whole, Utah looks very good. They are getting some of the, the highest ownership. Clarkson at 5,400 makes sense. Like, he's probably giving you um, around 28 minutes, give or take. Uh, he's about a fantasy point-per-minute guy, a little underpriced at 5,400. Bogdanovich at 3,200, or 5,200, likely to give you 30 to 32 minutes. Uh, doesn't look bad either. And there just hasn't been a lot in that price range that you know we've been able to get to. Conley's playing time has come up a bit. And then you get the two main pieces with Mitchell and Gobert. Obviously, a little bit more expensive, but... Um, you know, more minutes for them. They, they did go to overtime last night as well, but uh, 36 minutes in regulation yesterday for Mitchell, uh, 29 for Gobert, but he had five fouls. So I'm assuming that had something to do with it. Uh, I think that Utah as a whole looks like probably the best team we've talked about so far. Okay. Them and the Knicks probably. Yeah, yeah I'll say them and the Knicks. Ready to wrap this one up? Phoenix and the uh, Clippers? <clears throat> yep. So I don't know anything right now. But I wouldn't be shocked to see the Phoenix Suns or the Clippers just decide that maybe they don't need to run their starters for full minutes, or maybe some guys are going to get some time, some well-deserved rest time today in an island 10 p.m. game because the Clippers, they're, 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 they can't move. They can't move. There's no way they move. Uh, they're locked into the eight, and the Suns are very easily locked into the one seed eight games ahead of the Grizzlies. Maybe they just want to keep their guys fresh, Adam. We've seen coaches do that. It's possible. And maybe they don't. I don't know. So I guess as of now, we have to approach this as they will not be resting any players. And I guess we'll speak on it that way. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get news throughout the day. If they're going to do something, it would really suck if we find out, you know, after lock. But it, it the way I'm going to approach this is if we get a starting lineup with like Paul Booker, Aiton, you know, the normal starting lineup, I'm going to assume that they're playing – normal-ish minutes and, you know, give Booker 36, give Paul 32, give eight and 30 and, and just kind of treat it that way. But it sh it just shouldn't surprise anybody if we get news where it's like, oh, Cameron Payne's starting and, you know, Landry Shamit starting and Booker and Paul are going to rest and McGee starting for eight. And, you know, if they just basically do what Memphis did a couple of days ago and sit everybody. Uh, but for now, we haven't gotten that news. Like the injury re report isn't out yet, so we don't know. But um, assuming those guys are in, Booker, Paul, Aiton all look fine, and I have a really difficult time getting to anything else. Pretty much. That's it. Aiton's price is nice, but I, I like. I also would not be surprised at all to see Chris Paul get a little uh, respite here today yep. as they've got things locked up. So we'll see. What's, what's Payne priced at? Just curious in the event that he's 5K. Yeah, I mean, so, he, he ends up being fantastic if Paul's out. That's what I'm saying. And it would not be surprising – uh, at all to see that be the case yeah like so, if the if the main guys are ruled out like looking at the backup pricing for phoenix 4200 on mcgee would be useful if Aiton is out similarly you have a 3400 dollars biombo cameron Payne at 5k is certainly a strong option if paul is out cameron johnson at 4700 is certainly a strong option if like crowder and or bridges are out right so pay attention this is probably one where we actually would get news earlier i, I don't see any reason if you're going to rest guys to not have them uh, ruled out or at least questionable right. earlier in the day. Yeah, I was going to say, like when Memphis did it the other day, they said like the day before that all those guys were doubtful. Right. Um, so which kind of brings us to the next point. The Clippers injury report is out and there's nobody on it. I know. I know. Outside of Norman Powell being doubtful instead of out. Right, who hasn't been playing anyway. So. But the difference here too, like a lot of times I think that 
it's almost like teams coordinate where it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll both just take the night off. But I think this is a little bit different because the Clippers still are trying to get everything set with Paul George and, like, you know, get ready for the playoffs. That the is Suns true. have been this team all year long. So I do think it's more likely the Suns rest than the Clippers. And the Clippers have a back-to-back to close out the season on Saturday and Sunday, and Paul George probably doesn't play one of those. Right, that would make sense too. Plus, it's a home game too. Like, I think all things equal, if given the choice, teams typically try not to screw over their fans. Yeah, unless it's Popovich. That dude just does not give a shit. (laughs) He really doesn't. So, so then if that's the case, let's just, let's just work under that assumption right now. Cause I think it's very fair. It, it's, it's not a great matchup, but is there room to get to a Paul George here? Reggie Jackson, I think is clearly at that price point, the, the easiest play to get to, but is there, is there any meat left on the bone for a Paul George here? I think George is more of, you know, like a secondary tournament play where, you can bet on the talent. You know, he certainly is capable of going out there and having a monster game, but he's also similarly priced to guys like Jason Tatum. He's more expensive than, you know, Mitchell and Brown and uh, I don't know, other guys that I'm blanking on right now. And it's not exactly a great spot where you're like, like, man, this matchup's so good that it might just be worth it. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, looking at the boom bust tool right now, 8% ownership, 12% chance of being optimal. So not particularly likely to, to get there, but also, not getting quite as much ownership as he deserves. Looks like a good play in tournaments, whereas um, somebody like Reggie Jackson is a good play in tournaments too, but he's more of just, you know, a a high probability, just good play across the board at 6,200, assuming he's going to play, you know, 34 plus minutes. You know, it is kind of crazy. George played almost 18 minutes in the first half last game, and then they were up by 26. He only played a minute into the, the fourth quarter and then didn't play the rest of that game. I'm assuming that he probably would have gotten to 35 minutes, 36 minutes. They had said before that game too, that his minutes restriction was going to be eased and he had already been playing like 30 something minutes. Yeah. So I do think if this game is close though, that George could get to, I'm, I'm, I'm almost willing to say that he's probably not on a minutes limit at all anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Anything else for this one? We have a nice timing today. 1058. We got a uh, 400 plus people watching us today. Appreciate you guys. You got anything else before we head out? No, I mean, I think that's about it. Assuming that the Clippers that everybody's in that we're expecting to be in, uh, you get, you know, the Zubats, Hartenstein pieces that certainly they can have good games at their prices, but they're priced correctly. Same goes for Morris, man, Kennard. Like I think George, I, I think Jackson is the number one piece at 6,200 from the Clippers, followed by George. And then, you know, if you want to throw darts at these other guys, that's fine. Oh, and yeah, good call, Jordan. This line, when I put it up earlier, when I looked and, and, and put added it to the run sheet, was Suns were laying one point on the road. Clippers are now minus two at home. So uh, just why to touch didn't you on change that in the sidebar, Jordan? Just to touch on it real quick, because David Porter brought it up, the, the minutes, the resting thing, um, that was apparently miscommunicated when it when that report came out that they were going to limit Batum and Jackson and Morris they were doing that until George got back um since right. George has been back Jackson's playing huge minutes again Morris is playing more they're running normal rotations yeah one of our listeners dm'd me to notify me about that. yeah someone had tagged me on twitter too that they had talked about it on like the tnt broadcast like the yeah. next day when George was back I mean, hopefully it's not coming out of like Barkley's mouth because. <laughs> but I mean, but at this point you've seen it happen anyway I know, like, no no I know I know I know I'm just saying but yeah ba- you- back when back when they had like when they told it, when they DM'd us that it was like, we had had one game where 
suddenly Reggie Jackson plays like 38 minutes and it was just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. He said that he was limited, but yeah, it was, they were just waiting for George to get back. By the way, huge, huge fan of Chuck, but it's just oh, not, yeah, somebody, not someone that I'm taking. I, you know, it's entertainment. Meanwhile, you got Shaq talking about, this is old, but it recirculated. Did you the see moon? Shaq talking about the gas prices? Oh, uh, oh it's, yeah. It's yeah, old. About, you might, go ahead. I, I think I saw it. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I, I saw it. So they're talking about gas prices. Now, I remember seeing this like when one of the compilations a long time ago, but now they're bringing it up because gas prices are sky high. Uh, and he and Kenny's like, yeah, but it's 80 bucks to fill your tank. And Shaq goes, I have a, there's a solution for that. Kenny, you know, you're all pissed off about this. Just fill your tank. Once it gets halfway down. <laughs> right. He's like, he's like, just let it get halfway down and put 20 in, which that was wrong because it would have been putting 40 in. Right. I fill your tank once it gets halfway down and you'll never have to pay 80. And Kenny's like, yeah, but I'm still paying 80. I'm just spacing it out. He's like, no, Kenny, listen. He's like, don't play with me, Kenny. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Like, And he never actually did grasp the concept that you're paying the same amount of money if you're filling your tank entirely or you're filling it if it's halfway down yeah you gotta and then watch Ken, either kenny or ernie is like all right we're getting into uh how far away is the moon territory here with this conversation yes 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 because <laughs> shaq thought it would take less time to get to the west coast from the east coast than it would get to the moon because no, no no he thought it would take no, more, less would, time to get to the moon because you yeah. can see the moon yeah yeah <laughs> it, it takes me five hours to fly to the west coast i can see the moon so it's got to take like three hours dude it's those guys and, and chuck's jokes man like where Kenny and Chuck uh, and Shaq set him up like the one where he's like, what? Hey, hey Chuck, why wouldn't you uh, ever buy a, uh, why wouldn't you ever buy your woman a watch? And he's like, cause there's a clock on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They reeled him in a little bit, unfortunately, but some of the shit they did, it's like the most classic television ever. And you learn nothing from a basketball standpoint. The the people that get mad about that aspect blow my mind. Like, don't watch it. Right. First like, of all, don't I, watch. I, I don't. I don't watch. I'm not watching like an NBA halftime show to learn about basketball. Josh like, is. That's how Josh is. He's like, oh, it's just bad, bad, bad TV. Like, no, if you know what you're watching it for, it's phenomenal TV. Right. Yeah. Like, I I, I was very disappointed when Barkley said he's most likely retiring when his contract's up. Uh, did he say that? Oh yeah, he said. Uh, he he said it in a very Charles Barkley way. Um, something along the lines of, "I would rather die on a golf course than next to Shaq's <laughs> fat ass." I think that's what he said. I, I'd rather die fishing or on a golf course than sitting next to Shaq's fat ass. Is is what he said. I love it. Yeah, one two. The giving Chuck said he's like giving birth isn't his. I don't think he's no. He said I think women milk this whole giving birth thing. You ever play basketball on a sprained ankle? <laughs> anyway that'll do it for us thanks guys appreciate you love y'all we'll see you back here later tonight remember deeper dive live before lock then at pga live before lock awesome i was joining jason and ben for that so stick with us throughout the night peace